You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Before we started recording, I walked in the living room and my wife was uh, dealing with a blowout, which if you're not a parent, it's pretty gross. And uh, from our infant son, big old blowout while our two and a half year old was like jumping on her back. And I'm like, sorry, honey, I wish I could help. I have to go be Roger Cumstone now. (laughs) (laughs) There are major priorities at work here. I'm sorry. Come soon. He doesn't doesn't handle kids well. <laughs> I can't imagine why not. <laughs> what broke up Roger Cumstone's marriage, do you think? We know that he has an ex-wife, but we don't really know what happened. I think they just had different tastes in music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was he ever normal? Was he ever like a normal man? Yeah, I think, I mean, because as, as ridiculous as he is, I, I really think that he's grounded in reality. It's just yeah. that he saw so many horrible things. Like his view of the world is he's on another planet now. He just thinks immediately the the worst things. Like with this teacher. Oh, so clearly she was banging every student there. Like that's just the first thing he goes to. You know, like, like Debbie Downer, like he's just a, a fatalist in that regard right. uh but yeah i don't know because if uh, you know 10 years ago he really wanted to get his wife back but uh now he found his <laughs> island maybe he's moved on a person who assumes the worst about everyone and everything they come in contact with that doesn't sound familiar at all <laughs> <laughs> where do you draw play what you know play what you know man how do you <laughs> I, lo- I love though you know. i was thinking about this last night i love that we're all taking our characters very seriously but we have this complete like weirdo in roger cumstone and we're all treating him seriously. I, I just, I love that element in the story. It's like cartoon character almost, <laughs> but it's like, we're, but we're, we're kind of forced to work with them and, but we all take him seriously. Like he is like a real person in this world. Like I love it. He's the I best at what G- he does. Who else could get a tank into that police department like that? <laughs> that's that's incredible. <laughs> I, I, that's why I love Jordy and Roger's relationship. I'm so glad that we brought back one other character from the past because it just, it helps ground him even further. Right. <laughs> yeah, the more grounded he is, the more of the funnier. <laughs> what did you say? You're like, guys, you got to understand. Comes to the best of what he does. He just, he has his own process. He's got his own process. <laughs> <laughs> and that process includes just pointing fully loaded weapons at police that you've police. just met, that you're on the side of during an investigation. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, well, um, in the in the interest of uh, getting right back into it and getting as much the Delta Green going as we can, I just want to jump yes. right back into the story. Uh, I thought about recapping you guys since the last session. I don't really think it's that necessary because I think you're going to inevitably have to talk through some of the stuff that you saw at the open of this investigation through the crime reports that you were handed and stuff like that. Uh, you're going to have to be putting the pieces together. So we're going to walk through everything, I'm sure, organically. So I don't need to do everything at the top. I figure we just get jump, you know, right in. Just yes. keep going. Um, <laughs> 
I love this game. <laughs> we open in total silence in the modest living room of a small home in Keene, New York. Framed photographs of colorful birds adorn the walls. Then we see Jordy's face. And it's just a face of pure horror. Again, there's no sound. The corpse of Francis Way has impossibly risen from the living room floor. It struggles with Special Agent Riker Salas, and we hear nothing. Pure silence. In the background, we see a blurry, out-of-focus shape of Dr. Lyra Westover frantically smashing a chair against the sliding glass door in a desperate attempt to escape this nightmare. The creature gets a purchase on Solace's neck and rips his lower jaw, windpipe, and esophagus all away at once in a display of otherworldly strength. Solace is soundlessly killed. Francis Way's blood-soaked, rotting face turns to look directly at Geordi. Geordi's hands shake as he raises a pistol, and we hear an absolutely ear-piercing BAH! And Geordi's eyes snap open. We see he's sitting in the rear of a car. We're seeing him through the window, and this car is moving at night. Now the sound starts to come in and we can hear the smooth sound of the road beneath, the comfortable hum of the engine. There are ice crystals and flakes of snow framing the car window. It's been ten years, and they haven't been kind to Geordie. He's drawn, sickly, pale, about with lung cancer that's left its mark. His eyes are haunted, and we realize that this is a dream he has often. Maybe every night. Jordy is not alone. He stifles any after-effect of the dream and remains still, so as to not bother the others in the car. Five agents of Delta Green, awoken just after 2 a.m. in their hotel by a call from Detective Hannah Gregson, Glenridge PD. She said, simply, We've got another body. Gavin Westover took the call and awakened the team, and with urgency, everyone got ready and hopped in the car. It's now 2.40 a.m., and we see the car pulling up to the crime scene. It is dark, moonless. The crime scene itself is a beacon off the side of a dimly lit highway. Police lights flash... Multiple unmarked cars and trucks clog the area, and bright floodlights bathe the area in light. As you guys step out of the car, a cold, biting wind cuts through your clothes. We see it come up on the bottom of the screen. February 22nd, 2019. There is a light snow falling, and a wind blows it into your faces occasionally. You've pulled over on State Highway 31. The crime scene is a little bit outside of town. It sits on a main highway that drivers take out to the edges of the North Fork of Long Island. Now that you're closer and out of your car, you see there are precisely three police cruisers, 
two unmarked cars and one large truck. It looks like an electrical repair truck, and largely printed on the side is a brand insignia with the letters P, S, E, and G. What do you guys do? Uh, can I do a check to see if I know what PSE and G is? Uh, yeah, you don't. You don't have to check. You can know that it's the Long Island Power Company. Oh, it is, and yeah, New Jersey. So, yeah, and New Jersey. Oh. So, it's uh, you know, it's handled by Con Edison in the city, which you would know, which Jordy would know, and then just outside the city is PSE and G. Do we see uh, a body or just like police tape? You're a little bit, you're across the street, so you would just need to cross this highway, and it's not like a, like a 65-mile-an-hour highway. It's more like a 45-mile-an-hour highway, so like it's possible for you to get across. It's late at night. There's almost no traffic. Uh, you just need to walk across the street to get there. Um, but yeah, you're a little far away to see the details right now. You just see the vehicles. Basically, they might not even know that you've pulled up just yet. You cross the highway. Mm-hmm. You walk across, and as you get closer, you see uh, the reason for the PSE&G truck is that this is all taking place right near uh, an electrical transmission tower. Um, one of these huge, you know, 120-foot uh, structures that carries the power back and forth on, on Long Island. So you see that it, that there kind of rising up above. Uh, at the base, you can see the floodlights, uh, and you see the police cruisers. As you get closer... You recognize uh, Hannah Gregson. You see her sort of from uh, the back, and she is speaking with her partner. We we flash our the necessary badges and go up to Detective Gregson. Yep. Okay. So local PD is there, and they they let you through, check your badges, let you through, and you walk up to Detective Gregson. She immediately greets you. Looks like she's uh, happy to see you. She says. Thank you for coming on short notice. I, <clears throat> sorry, I um, I got you some coffee. Would anyone like coffee? Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. She walks over to uh, her car, opens a door, goes in, and she pulls out in you know, a little carrier with a bunch of coffees. And she hands them out to you. Um, no, thank you. <laughs> she pours Rogers on the ground slowly while staring him in the eye. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I was thinking about something else. I'll take that coffee now. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late, Cubstone. <laughs> she says, um, thank you for coming on short notice. We <clears throat> we got the call um, a little after midnight. Uh, I got over here as fast as I could. Uh, we're, we're getting set up. We just need to... Um, we need to get the clearance from uh, PSE and G before we uh, move forward. I started a basic canvas of the area. Um, it looks like we got a um, female um, teenage um, woman. We think we know who it is um, based on a call we got uh, earlier in the evening. She, um, well, she's there. And... She turns and points, and as you guys look, you see that the floodlights that you didn't notice before are capturing the petite body of a teenage girl 60 feet up this electrical tower. Oh, Jesus. Hanging, arms spread wide, headless, and just dripping blood 
down the sides of the uh, bars of this tower. Oh. Everybody roll a sanity check. (laughs) We have to get under a current sanity? Under your current sanity. Um, zero, zero, zero is a hundred, right? It is. That is a critical That is a critical fail. Yes. Oh my gosh. Caesar's right behind you with a 96. This is perfect. Gavin, you've probably never seen anything like that. Yeah, this is Gavin's first time. Oh man. First brush with insanity. New guys puking in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. Doesn't affect you. You're not human. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Here comes the meat wagon. <laughs> so funny. Uh, all right. Who else failed? Caesar. 20, 28 under 55. Beautiful. 54 I, under 65. Actually, oh, sorry. What, sorry. Uh, 54 50, under 65, I did. Okay. Okay. Nice, Magdalena. And then Jordy? I actually got a 44 under 60. Oh, terrific. Okay, great. Uh, So that means, uh, Matthew, you take four points of sanity damage. uh, And Grant, you take three points of sanity damage. Jealous of your overall sanity scores, too. I started with 50, and now I'm down to 43. What's your breaking point? Make sure you watch those uh, breaking points. 40. And right as Caesar sees this, he was eating a high-protein acai oat bowl in the morning. (laughs) And he looks up, and he just drops it both, and they get all over his suede shoes. Oh, terrible. Tragic. Uh, Everybody, I'm sorry, um, Matthew and Grant, I'm assuming you did not uh, cross a threshold of your sanity. Uh, So please mark a check under violence. Uh, under sanity, if you take sanity damage for violence three times and do not pass a breaking point, you will become immune to uh, sanity damage from violence. So just keep an eye on that. <laughs> if you do hit a threshold, it resets. You start over. Do I get any kind of a benefit from a critical success on a sanity roll? Uh, perhaps on some, not on this one, because the okay. success was take no sanity damage on this one. Um, so, yeah, you guys look up and you see this horrible scene. She turns back to you. Call came in to dispatch um, about, from the way we heard it, it was about 10 p.m., a little after 10 p.m. Um, burglar alarm had gone off at... Um, the residence of what we believe to be this young woman. Um, patrol went out to investigate, and they found that the um, the house was indeed broken into. Um, they found uh, this the victim's mother there in the house. Uh, she is unresponsive. She's uh, alive. She's essentially catatonic. She's not speaking to anyone um, they were able to discern from a neighbor that uh, the woman has a teenage daughter who live, lives there uh, the daughter was not there so uh, an APB went out uh, for a possible abduction and we've been scanning the area for the last couple or a, um, patrol has been scanning the area for the past couple hours uh, about two hours later uh, just before midnight um, a couple officers spotted the corpse and then based on what she was wearing 
said that we might have the the subject of the missing person. Um, so we're operating under that theory right now. We've been unable to get there. Um, just before you got here, Dr. Steven Santorini arrived. He is speaking with uh, PSE and G right now because he wants to get access to the body and they won't let him touch the tower. So, And she sort of gestures over and you see uh, a middle-aged man uh, speaking with uh, another middle-aged guy, a little bit younger, uh, by the PSE and G truck. So that's different, right? So none of the other, none of the other, either of the other victims had any kind of break-in or burglaries or any kind of sh- signs of trauma or violence or anything like that. So this is new. So this is like a kidnapping. Correct. She was yeah. taken from her home. Mm-hmm. Well, it's what it appears so right. far. Um, she she would also say to you, "We're operating the home as a second crime scene." Uh, it has been locked down and patrol is, uh, we've got an, an officer stationed there now. Uh, so no one goes in or out. Um, yeah, but I have not personally gotten over there yet. I, I want to get there, but first we'd like to examine the area around the body. Of course. Um, and Magdalene is like slowly trying to come out of the fog of the morning haze and also process all this information, this like horribly tragic thing. Um, and she says, detective, um, just to get this clear in my head, the mother of the victim was home when the break-in occurred? Um, I, I haven't spoken to her, but we have reason to believe that, yes. Understood. Okay, so this is almost an entirely different profile, and she's turning back to the group now. Um, yes, I agree. So far, um, and with, but with the corpse appearing to be headless, uh, we think that we're still dealing with the same guy. Um, so if we look, the, you said the body is actually on the tower, not on the wires, right? It's, it's on the tower, yeah. And is it like, is it kind of like, does it look like it came from, a, the body came from above, or does it look like it was kind of like, it's kind of like pushed into the side, like tied there? Or, yeah, tied there, or was. You don't really know how it's suspended mm. until you get closer. But it, it's, all, it's, it's off the side. Like, it's clearly visible off the side of the tower. It's not wrapped up inside the interior structure of the bars. It's it's It almost looks like a display. Mm. At that moment, uh, Dr. Santorini comes walking over. Uh, you see a, a gentleman who is... I said middle-aged. He's 49, to be exact. Uh, He is a little bit plump around the midsection, six feet tall, gray, black hair, um, and he's got a beard and glasses. And uh, he walks up to Detective Gregson, uh, and he says, he's telling me it's going to be um, maybe another 15 minutes or so, and uh, we can get up there. Uh, Hi, who are these people? She introduces you and says, oh, well, we were supposed to meet uh, later today, uh, I guess, as it were. Yeah. Uh, pleasure to meet you. Steven Santorini. Uh, he puts out his hand to shake all of your hands. Uh, medical examiner, Suffolk County, goes around shaking your hands. I made the drive out here first thing. I wanted to uh, examine the corpse before it was moved, so I wanted to get out here right away. What do you think so far, Doctor? Actually, before you say that, tell me, 
what was that critical fumble for Gavin? What happened? Hmm. I think it's the first dead body he's ever seen. Hmm. I mean, like he's seen pictures and he obviously he's seen some plenty of other weird stuff, but it's the first real life dead body he's ever seen. And it's a kid. Like that's yeah. gotta be truly terrifying. He's probably seen movies with dead people. I've probably seen movies with dead people. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, I can't for sure. Kevin, have you seen movies ever? <laughs> Sounds like a luck roll to me. <laughs> yeah, can I roll luck to see if I've seen a movie? <laughs> oh, perfect. Show your life. Where's Gavin from? Past a film happening nearby you? Uh, Wait, Matthew, where's Gavin from? Maryland. Maryland. Do they have movies in Maryland? <laughs> no, that's Roger. Let's let's clear it with Roger. Yeah, no. Roger, have you ever seen a movie? <laughs> they didn't start showing pictures until 97. <laughs> God, how old are you? <laughs> this is Baltimore. They didn't get electricity until about 93. So, <laughs> uh, so how does this how is this seen to everyone else? Does anyone else notice anything? Or I think he went you, quiet for a little bit, and then now he's trying to he's trying to shake it out, shake it out, you know, shake out of it, and he's okay. trying to like get back into the game. All right, so what does he say to uh, the doctor? What do you think, doctor? What do you... Oh, I know you haven't been up there yet, but... What are you, what are you thinking so far? Well, uh, y'all had the chance to read the crime reports, right? And we, we have... Uh, yeah. So one of the things I, I expected we'd be talking about today is the uh, this organic gray polymer that I uh, sent off to the lab to be looked at. Um, this is something that I, I my preliminary test sh- showed me w- was unexplainable had some unknown elements to it that I, I couldn't really understand and so I, I really wanted to get myself uh, a pure sample that could not possibly be corrupted I, I think that there's a chance that the sample I was dealing with uh, both in the Moretti case and in the Hotvin case may have been corrupted in transit uh, and therefore gave an incorrect reading now I'm waiting for the the lab results from Marcon which should come hopefully uh, within the next day or two they might wait till Monday but I think that we should maybe even get it tomorrow um get to the garlic doc my apologies what i'm trying to say is i want to want to get access to this body right away because if it is in fact uh if this substance is in fact uh, on this on this body i want to make sure that we remove it and i put it into these uh, particular uh instruments that i brought with me containers that i brought with me that'll uh, make sure that the sample is not corrupted at all that way we can investigate it thoroughly um but i can't uh obviously uh, climb this tower and uh the this uh, gentleman here mr chen has uh said that uh, we're not allowed access to the tower until psc and g can shut down the power uh so we're just waiting on that and uh, as i said detective he said about 15 more minutes so we'll be able to get up there and uh take a closer look as we look up at the body i'm not sure if you said this already or not can we tell if it has a head attached to it or is it decapitated? It, it, it doesn't. It is headless. You can tell it's headless. So then Caesar will ask uh, Dr. Santorini, have they set up a perimeter yet to look for the missing head? I'd love to yeah. find that. Yes, that's what that's what I that's what I did. Uh, Gregson s- steps in. She says, uh, Detective Thomas and I have uh, walked the perimeter. Uh, we had patrol help as well. We've scanned this whole region here and have not found it. Uh, if, if it's here, maybe, but... Uh, but it might be here. You could take another look if you like, but uh, yeah. we weren't able to find anything. 
And so when, um, there's a wide area around the tower that's been cleared out, and there's bright lights on it and everything, and that's what she's been doing for the last hour or so. She called you, and she's been doing this. When Dr. Santorini mentions the, I'm assuming, like, the vials that he brought to, to collect the samples, are they there? Can Magdalena kind of clock what he's talking about, his kit? Uh, you, you don't see them there. Okay. Like, on him. It might be nearby. I mean, you can ask him about them. Um... No, I'm not going to ask. I'm just curious. Okay. Can I roll a human intelligence check why the the medical examiner of Suffolk County, Long Island's accent has suddenly shifted to somewhere south of the Mason-Dixon line? <laughs> I'd like sure. to know the results of that as well. <laughs> sure. He's a transplant. <laughs> He's a clone. <laughs> Kill him. Kill, Kill him. him. <laughs> He'll just <start> attacking him. <laughs> He's a clone. <laughs> Uh, from around these parts, I, Josh, we shoot him. I, Josh. I would like to actually roll a human int to approach uh, Mr. Chen, who works for PSC and G, uh, to see what motivates him to cooperate more quickly with him. If we can push him along to get this body down, because time is of the essence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the sense that there's nothing you could do. Just uh, if minutes. he's got the police on him and they're like, we got a body. I mean, it doesn't get more serious than this. And he's just like, no way you can't touch the tower just because it could, uh, you know, it could be a lawsuit uh, there. It could be there could be power running through any of these poles at any given time. Um, but within a relatively short amount of time, it, it'll get shut down. Uh, and then it's just a matter of, of how you go up there. So, but yeah. yeah, you can speak with him if you'd like about the details of what's going to happen next have you ever does this happen every friday to you you see this all the time like that type of thing yeah i'm not sure what i would ask him <sighs> is there a skill you th- like if we were just to climb the tower would, what skill would we use for that athletics athletics i would assume i got that, this well no i would assume they're truck. <laughs> <laughs> does the truck have a crane on it i'm assuming yeah. they brought the okay yeah, the, that the truck they could has actually... a crane with like a bucket on it okay um so yeah uh, and, and Santorini could even tell you he'd be like uh, my, my plan is to hop in the truck here with uh, Mr. Chen and get taken right up there to, to get an early look uh, he says two can go at a time uh, in the bucket I'm not climbing that thing but Roger uh, you should feel free to climb it and right now we don't want to waste any time <laughs> yeah they didn't have cranes when I was a kid he did it the old fashioned way hold my smoke <laughs> I don't think you should be smoking here <laughs> uh, Roger uh, will Roger will slide over towards uh, Gavin, smoking a cigarette. <sighs> know what they taught you over at Quantico about motive? But what is it about taking a head as a trophy? Think the perp just wanted to see the look in its eyes at the moment of death? What do you think it has something to do with the brain inside? A juicy little organ. Something they want. <laughs> Have you tasted brains before, Mr. Cumston? No. I don't mean juicy in that sense. Juicy in that it's full, full of information. What they teach you, you there in your studies. They didn't teach me how to read minds, if that's what you're asking. Especially dead minds. No, but they probably taught you to analyze what's going through the murderous mind I don't know if it's a trophy or if it's been consumed or 
it's also possible that it's been just torn apart or obliterated in a way that we can't that we haven't found any trace of yet. I don't want to jump to any conclusions yet, Mr. Comstone. Well, you know what I think? What? I think it has to do with the brain. It's not about the head. It's about the brain. Whatever is going after these people. They want what's inside the noggin. They feed off of it. Not the, they feed off the actual gray matter or the information in the brain? I don't know. That's what, what we're going to find out. What would a dentist, a school librarian, and a teenager know that they would want to silence or absorb? I don't think it's about the knowledge. I think it's about what the brain itself can do. It's an incredible organ. It's not about the knowledge trapped inside. It's about the power of the mind. Magdalena was eavesdropping as you guys talk because you're, I'm assuming, standing still in the same circle. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she turns toward Gavin. Um, she says, hold on, you make an interesting point, though. What do they have in common? I mean, nothing on the outside, but could it possibly be a wrong place, wrong time thing? And they they did see something? And the only way to eliminate that information is to eliminate the ultimate source of the information, the, the brain itself? I'm thinking out loud. Also, and she turns... Now she is down to her entire cup of coffee. She's wide awake. Um, she turns towards Caesar. Caesar, can I talk to you? Yeah, of, of course. And he's just distracting himself by cleaning off his shoes. He's so shook by seeing this body. <laughs> he's just... Oh. She pulls you upright with a surprising amount of force um, and pulls you over. Listen, if Dr. Santorini gets his hands on the polymer clay and is able to properly test it, I'm concerned that he might find something that we don't want him to find. Do you follow my lead? Yes. This is an excellent, excellent point. How do you suggest we throw a wrench in his plans? Yeah, I was going to say break his legs, but that seems extreme. Maybe we can somehow, I don't know taint the sample again so that it's inconclusive or only two people can ride in the bucket. I'm just running the numbers and it seems like if he gets the sample, we're going to lose it. Hmm. <laughs> well, been known to persuade people in the past. I could talk him into letting you and Cumstone up first. Maybe he's afraid of heights. Play into that. Yeah. Maybe. Um, you could also steal the sample. If he is able to Oh, get Gavin. One. Oh, hi. <laughs> 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 just wandering from conversation to conversation. Hey, um, Jordy, um, come stone. Why don't you all just actually come over here for a second? There, there oh, is a way to tamper with evidence using accounting and bureaucracy, two things Caesar is really mm-hmm. good at. So once we get to either the police station, which they seem to have allowed us access into their systems, vis-a-vis Magdalena, uh, or at the Suffolk Counter, county examiner's office uh, could certainly run an accounting or bureaucracy role to alter files and have the yeah. kind of when they look up the file for the gray organic material it actually pulls up a bag of cocaine from another investigation instead and they just can't find it oh, they just lose like the evidence I'm just concerned because he wanted it seemed like he was so intent on getting it to the lab like ASAP um, just something that, to think about I yeah. yeah and if that doesn't work we'll go with Magdalena's original plan We'll kill Santorini, decapitate him, <laughs> hang his body from a tree. By the time they figure out it's a copycat killer, we'll be on the sandy shores of Honolulu. 
<laughs> Good plan, Magdalena. As a drumster, you. You, you, are, you are aware that Honolulu is in the United States, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, no extradition treaty. See, he knows, Roger, he's got his own methods, but he, you know. He's the best. He knows what he's doing. He's subject to U.S. federal law in Honolulu. No extradition treaty. That's what he's saying. is correct. There is no extradition treaty between the United States and the United States. (laughs) Foolproof plan. Perfect loophole. Uh, All right, right at that time. Uh, you see this uh, representative from uh, PSE&G comes over and he's just like, all right, we got it. Uh, just shut down. The whole town's going to be out for, uh, well, however long this takes. So so let's make it quick. Uh, but the, the tower is safe now. It's registering no electricity. Uh, we're good to go. Um, doctor, I assume you want to go up there? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just walks away from you. He goes over uh, into his car and he pulls out a bag and heads toward the um, the bucket. Uh, as it were, uh, Detective Gregson goes with him to get in the bucket with him. Um, Roger slides in as well. Pardon me. <laughs> you beat uh, Detective Gregson in. And she's just like, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Cumstone. I was going to head up with the doctor here to get the, the first look at the body here. Um, no, you should come too. Well, he closes the door. Only two can fit in. in the- <laughs> Uh, you know what? You go ahead. Uh, you go ahead. Take a look, and um, I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll be down here. <laughs> this is the worst outcome, by the way. Comestone riding up. I know. With the no, I didn't want to go, but nobody else. <laughs> the only one who could climb, conceivably climb up took took the cherry picker. <laughs> what do you so. say about cocaine? Throw me that bag of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget the fear of heights. Maybe talk up the fear of heights. Maybe he'll get vertigo. Caesar forgets where he is and reaches into his breast pocket and pulls out a key bump. And he's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Not the right place. (laughs) Not now. (sighs) Not now. Uh, Does anybody, uh, this is uh, Alan Chen speaking. Does anybody want to go up? uh, Does anybody want to climb up there? I've got some uh, harnesses and some gear you could use here. Just need to sign a waiver and and you could go up yourselves if you wanted to. Um, Uh, it's uh, It's not that hard once you have the equipment. Yeah, and we'll climb up. Yeah, Magdalena wants to too, but Joe, uh, metagame-wise, wh- what's that check, if I say yes? <laughs> athletics. Athletics. Yeah. I got a 60 athletics, so I I'll, I can easily step out if someone else will go up with uh, uh, Dr. Santorini. I'll go up with Dr. Santorini, though. You know what? I'll climb. You you go up with Gavin. Although I would look forward to our lonely conversation as the cherry picker took us up. <laughs> is there is there In anyone... 35 that- seconds it takes... What might we what, what what might we have said to each other? Who has the best forensics in the group? Does anyone have well trained forensics? Because that was that was kind of no. Riker's like bag, and I feel like that's and Westover, yeah, and Westover. Westover, Riker and Westover mm-hmm. both were good at that. Yeah, I just assumed Gavin had it. No, he's he's you a don't. lawyer. He's a yeah. he's a. Oh, I forget. He's a lawyer. You didn't correct him when he said, "What did they teach you at Quantico?" You didn't really know what you were talking about, but uh, <laughs> I knew that wasn't you. But I still wanted to, just have to make a sub. You just thought it best not to like disagree with the certifiably insane person that we pulled him aside. Um, no I'm sudden gonna... movements. <laughs> I'm not going to climb because I don't have good athletics. But instead, um, Magdalena would like to kind of stealthily walk over to uh, Doctor Santorini's car. And check out 
the other stuff he's got going on in there and see if I can kind of mess anything up. In his car? <laughs> That's a viable thing to do. Yeah, because he had like the test. Well, his car is stuff. locked. I, I don't, uh, Steal it. Slash his tires. Roll up your sleeve and then shatter his window with your elbow. <laughs> I just thought maybe he left it unlocked and I could look at the other test stuff in there, but never mind, No, Joe. no, if you want to surreptitiously try to, like, open his car, it's No, it that seems... That yeah, seems I mean, excess. it's a crime scene. Yeah. Like, there's cops everywhere and there's bright Create lights on everything. Create a second crime scene. Muddy the waters. <laughs> key, All right, I'm going to stand key, with... Just key his car. I'm going to key his car a little bit and then I'm going to stand with Gregson. <laughs> I found the head. It's in Santorini's trunk. Get him. <laughs> Break the window. Break the windshield. The police all draw their firearms pointed up at the bucket at Santorini. And we quickly corrupt the body. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, no, it's it's just uh, Panera bread. It was just a Panera bread. It's a a basketball. It's a basketball. It's a basketball. No, it's a glue. <laughs> so, so, all right, pull the body down. It was a basketball found at the Hotfin crime scene. <laughs> it's, from the, it's from the librarian. Right. Even worse, the librarian <laughs> loved basketball. <laughs> Case closed. It all comes back to the basketball. We throw a match behind our shoulders and just walk away. <laughs> Oh God. oh God! Oh, nothing makes me laugh harder than this fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess it's like Gregson. <laughs> so slowly, uh, Gavin and uh, Doctor Santorini are uh, uh, Alan Chen in his car is working the uh, the controls, and he moves you in this bucket. He starts to slowly raise you up towards this body. Um, those of you that want to climb can go ahead and roll athletics as you start to work your way up the tower with uh, some official harnesses and gear that make sure that you won't fall. Um, 14 under 60. Beautiful. Ooh. So you actually uh, get up there at a decent clip. Uh, Detective Gregson is impressed uh, as Roger just starts scrambling up there. Uh, Gavin, you and Santorini get up there and... As you get closer, uh, you can see the viciousness of the crime even more clearly, uh, the decapitation. And, of course, you're looking for it now that you've read the crime reports. And you can see as you get closer that it goes all the way down into the spine is also completely missing. And the back is just flayed open. Um, so you think you're dealing with the, you know, the same sort of situation here. Now to that I'm answer- looking at it, does it look like it's been ripped out or it's been surgically like there's been a, some mm. sort of surgical precision it's, it's hard to, it. to tell in the dark and in the snow but it, your initial glance is that it's been ripped out you know or i mean it has been taken out by some sort of vicious thing a uh, vicious traumatic event um it is not like clean surgical uh it is it is pretty gruesome um gavin covers his covers his nose and mouth with a handkerchief yeah. Santorini, you see, is like not bothered by this at all. Uh, as he gets up close to it, uh, he puts on rubber gloves. He makes sure that you have rubber gloves on as well. And the first thing that he does is he signals to Alan Chen to stop the bucket. And then he leans over and he grabs one of the hands. And he flashes his pen light uh, under the hand. And you can see it's just, you know, small sort of pale hand uh, of a young woman. 
and you don't really notice anything, but he looks and he sort of nods his head and he's like, yeah, yeah. And he goes into his bag and he pulls out a little, uh, little instrument, little like needle, uh, kind of thing. And he scrapes something from under the fingernails and then he puts it into this small sealed container, um, that he has unsealed. And then he puts this little sample in there and you assume this is the gray matter and that it's under, uh, her fingernails right around this time. Roger, uh, gets up there as well. The polymer doctor. Yep. Yeah. This looks like it's it. Um, I wanted to make sure we got this one before they move the body. I don't know how, no offense to detective Gregson. She's a very accomplished detective. I just don't know how exactly they, they handle their crime scenes here. Uh, always. Uh, I'm not always able to be on scene this far out. Uh, so when I got the body initially, I, I wasn't, wasn't exactly sure if uh, something had been messed with. So hopefully with this sample, I'll be able to get a more accurate reading. What do you think? Do you think now that we're this close and maybe I can ask Dr. Santorini about this, but does it, does it look like the body was placed here, dropped here, just like t- thrown up here? Like how do what it, based on the, the, the way that looking at like the body's relationship to the tower and any damage to the tower, mm-hmm. are we able to discern that? Uh, go ahead and roll a search for me. Okay. What is your search score? 20. Okay. Uh, crit fail, 66. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Kevin. 66. Yeah, you can't, there's no way for you to know how, how exactly it got here. Um, you can't tell, but uh, do you want to talk to Santorini about it? Yeah, I'll ask him. Like, what do you think? Like, how do you think it got up here, Doctor? Is there like, is there any damage to the tower? What happened? He takes a look around. Well, none that I see, but I do think that there's reason to believe that. Um, well, in the Moretti case, uh, my autopsy revealed uh, a shattered rib cage that uh, could have been, um, uh, could have been. Uh, I can't think of the word uh, that is yeah could have been consistent with a, a fall uh, from a, a high height uh, not sure uh, what this uh, blunt force uh, damage came from but it could have been consistent with a fall now maybe he was hung uh, like this and then fell after the fact uh, but it seemed to me uh, in my data that the that the breaks occurred before death so it's possible uh, for sure that she was dropped here, but unfortunately I can't see on the inside. That's something that we're going to have to work on in the autopsy. In fact, I'm, I'm going to put a rush on this and, uh, I'm going to, to do the autopsy tomorrow. Um, don't normally do them on Saturday, but this is too high profile and I'm too concerned about what's happening here. So, uh, if you and your friends want to join me at my office tomorrow, uh, you could be there in person for, for the autopsy and we could find this stuff out together. It's a, it's a good question though. Roger's smoking up there. One arm hanging on the tower, and the other hand, arm, the other hand is smoking. Yeah, we'd like to be there for the whole thing. He didn't know you were there. He's just like, oh my god! <laughs> like, here's a voice. Looks down over the bucket, and there you are, like five feet below the bucket, smoking a cig. Uh, well, did we in, yes, in the excellent. autopsy reports? Did it say? Did the doctor make a, any kind of drawing kind of conclusion about if it was the beheading that? actually was the cause of death or the cause of death seemed to be something else um, the beheading having after death 
Uh, no, it's, it seemed to be that the beheading was the cause of death in both cases. So, um, yeah, so he, and he'll say to you, Roger, like, uh, yeah, absolutely, you're, you're welcome to my office. Uh, we'll do it through 3 p.m. 3 p.m. tomorrow we could do it. Um, I, I got to get back, and they're obviously going to want some time here to, to take a look over the body. So all I really needed was the sample, and I'm, I'm going to be on my way. But um, Detective Gregson's going to want to take a look here, and PSE&G is going to want to move this body. So um, bring it on down, Alan. And uh, he gives the signal to, to pull the bucket down, and the bucket starts coming back down. Uh, go ahead and give me a search roll while you're up there, um, Roger. Fail. Uh, 83 over 40. Okay. So uh, you don't notice anything particularly uh, unusual other than what we've already discussed. Um while uh, while they're up doing that, majority's on the ground, like looking up. Uh, he's going to talk to Gregson. Okay. Uh, but detective, I got. I think it might be kind of a stupid question. Uh, no, please, no, no stupid questions. Not right now. All right. Well, uh, you know, I'm just I'm a city kid. I don't know how things like work out here. I know you got like wildlife and everything. I'm just concerned about. The integrity of the crime scene. You, you guys, have, you fellas, haven't noticed any uh, like animal tracks or anything like around in the area, yeah, you know, anything like that. Uh, I haven't. I'm I'm not much of a tracker though, but I, I haven't noticed anything in particular. <clears throat> uh, you can see she's like turning and coughing, and like uh, ever since you got here, she has seemed a little uh, under the weather, basically. But could just be a cold because you know it's cold out, it's snowing, it's the middle of the night. Um, but yeah, she says, uh, we walked, uh, the, the scene uh, underneath and, and looked to see if we could find any evidence of the head, uh, or spine in the, in the immediate region. We didn't find anything. I was also trying to keep an eye out, particularly for any objects of note that may have, uh, come from the body as it was dragged here, whether it be a bracelet or a necklace or anything that could identify, uh, the body for sure. Uh, especially considering that, you know, we have reason to believe that the mother is unable to, to speak to us about what happened. So I wanted to see if there was anything that could have properly identify the the victim i found nothing nothing like that nothing how you, you feeling all right by the way i know she's got a little bit of uh you know a little cough going there oh i'm fine yeah yeah i'm fine i just <clears throat> i just woke up uh, middle of the night i just yeah. need more coffee okay no i know i just i gotta be careful myself you know he covers his mouth he's just like no offense <laughs> no we don't have to be shaking hands or anything <laughs> no no it's not that it's just uh Late night. Um, I understand. I understand. While they're talking, Magdalena looks around for where Detective uh, Thomas went. Uh, he's just walking the scene. But you look around for Detective Thomas, and, and you see him walking with a flashlight down in the grass, just under the tower, just scanning, walking, scanning. As you're looking at him, you you're thinking... What else? What else could give us a, an edge here? Something that... Wait a minute. Magdalena, all of a sudden, you're like... You think, merely, what, four hours ago? Five hours ago, you were... Click, 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 click. You were all in all kinds of data for this town, all the things that are around here. And something dawns on Magdalena as she slowly turns around 
and looks across the uh, highway where uh, you're, you're kind of just off of an intersection. There's an intersection there that you're just off of. Uh, it's the intersection of Grand Avenue and uh, Highway 31. You're like, you look back, you see it says Grand uh, on the street, a much smaller street that crosses that highway, and a light bulb goes off. You peer across that intersection, and up on a light pole, you see a camera. That was part of a CCTV unit that you saw, but it was outside of town. So you just ignored it because it wasn't where the original crime scenes were. And you're like, oh, shit, that thing might have seen something. Immediately, I go back to our car. I'm like, fuck the crime scene. I can't help here. I go back to our car, take out my laptop, my portable shitty Lenovo, plug in my hotspot, click, 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 click. And I'm going to try to re-access the files that I was accessing before and see if I can find that specific camera. Okay. Uh, you get to working on that. Clack, 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 clack. Go ahead and roll computers for me. Let's hope I do okay. Yes, uh, 44 under 60. <gasps> Critical. Crazy. Gives her an automatic CSI enhance on the footage. So <laughs> yeah, Can we enhance that? Can we zoom oh, in here and just day. clean this up. Can we clean this up? <laughs> Can we digitize that? Whatever digitize that word means. That? Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. No. So you get it. I mean, you're so fast at this. You are so good at this. You like pull up, pull up the records and. You get into the raw data, which, by the way, is is maintained in part by the state police. So you're like getting into the state police system here and you are sneaking around back in there. But your crit will uh, mean that no one sees you pass through uh, this area. Uh, You then are going to look back at the CCTV of this camera from a couple hours ago and you go back. Tell me what time do you want to go to? Um, I would it assume is now got, about three ten, three fifteen, and morning. we got the call at like two a.m. You got the call at two. Yep. Uh, the, like but to, the, you heard that the officer reported the body just before midnight. Just before midnight. Okay, so I'll go back to eleven. Go back to eleven p.m. Okay, and you start watching footage, and you're keeping an eye on that base as time goes by and it's a little bit too slow so you you know you pick it up you you know how to pick it up so you kick 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 and it's just like you see occasionally a cars are being passed cars are being passed uh you go all the way through until you see a patrol car pull up and you stop it patrol car pulls up and then you reason this is around the time that the call was put in you see a floodlight going up and shining up and out of your vision and then the uh, patrol car, you know, people, the uh, cops get out of the car. Um, hmm. So you didn't see anything from 11 o'clock uh, on. I, yeah, I go back then. I guess I would go back earlier to 10 and okay. kind of skip through again. Go back to 10. You know, you're, you're moving through. Um, 10.41 p.m. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> 10.41 p.m. The camera. Cars are going by. And all of a sudden you see it just goes to like pure static. Oh, come on. For about three minutes. And then it goes back to perfectly fine. 
and you see the cars. Vroom, vroom. And nothing else. You see Doctor Santorini climbing down with a head in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> you see him slowly climbing down, looking both ways. He mimics shooting the head like a drop back free throw <laughs> from the shot from the field. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I guess I'm going to, like, you know, somehow kind of copy that footage just to have it for posterity's sake. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm not going to. I'm going to walk back to the crime scene, not the um, Don't you have uh, another skill? Like, um, don't you have. You don't have any science? Don't I you do have. I have science. Um, I, it's computer science. Uh, there's computer, computer science. Sci- but then I also have science, um, which is like mathematics. But. What about craft? Do, don't you have a craft? It's a good question. I do. Yes, microelectronics. Right, craft microelectronics. So, so in uh, that, when you look at the static closely, and you only have a couple minutes, you can't examine it too too uh, clearly. You, you do see that it is very obviously uh, interference. You know, it, it, like inner, like specific interference that is that is uh, fouling up the electric the electric signals of the system. Understood. So not tampering with the camera itself, but some other outside interference as it grew closer to the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As if like a, like a pulse of electricity or something like that could have, could have done. Good information. Kind of. Yeah. I think I wonder, we all know what we're thinking. Electricity. Electricity well, in the brain, I think. Has something to do with electricity. I think cockamamie idea might be right. We well, could also I talk mean, to Alan... Alan, the PSCNG guy, and asking if there are any, if there he could look for any spikes in electricity. Yeah, that isn't it. Okay, wait. Okay, hold on. Electricity. The other places had nothing to do with that. Never mind. One was a tree. One was a ditch. Yeah, I'm wondering yeah. if they're harvesting the brains to try and like uh, take. Does their own brains like have electrical uh, signals go back and when forth? They're yes. when yeah, they're alive, yeah. But maybe they have some. But if it's some monster or some like military technology that is able to harvest brains and uh, reanimate them in order to get the electric I don't know. Uh, the fact that there was some sort of static mix-up makes me think. Could also be if it electrical. is a mil- if if Doctor Detective Doctor if Detective Gregson's theory is correct that it is some piece of like military technology could have been electrical interference. I was my my other thought was like is there is there a nearby airport who we could talk to like the air traffic control to see if there was anything appeared on radar at that at that moment mm, in this yeah. area. Well, a telephone pole would probably be too, but if it's coming up from way high because they mentioned it was dropped, that could be high enough. But there's also there's yeah, a if it dropped out of the sky and hit the tower. Maybe that was enough to jar the electricity in the area. I don't know. I think it is probably from a paranormal being that lets off electricity when it gets that Wait, close. Did, did, that's also definitely... Or did a piece confirm, of technology does the same thing. Some sort of electromagnetic pulse, low level. Yeah. Did, did they confirm... Sorry to interrupt you, Matthew. Did they confirm that the body was dropped on the tower? It wasn't strung up? He, could, we see, couldn't, he couldn't... There's no confirmation, but there's, yeah. uh, there's no string. Okay. The body is like ho- like hooked into a piece of metal, like so a hunk of metal. Right now, the similarities between the crime scenes are that they were all outside, and that the bodies were hung up in an area where there was no immediate way to tell how it was placed in that position. The other similarity, just from a date perspective, is ven- sorry, real quick. The Moretti body was not hung up; it oh, was yeah. in this ditch, culvert, the water ditch. Yeah. Well, in terms of just cadence of the murders, Vanessa's was on two seven. 
uh, Dr. Moretti's was on 215, and this one's on 222. So about a week, seven to eight days in between no, so far. Sorry, right? Moretti was January 15th. Uh, January 15th. Okay. So about three weeks later was weeks. Hot Fun on the 7th, and now about two weeks later on the 22nd is okay. this one. The 21st. And no, and no tracks at any of the crime scene of anything human no. or otherwise. See, that so I keep thinking something from, from the air. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and North of Grumman is a they, they make aircraft and spacecraft. Yeah, it's so. space, aeronautics, defense, and cyberspace. So I they kind of got everything covered. I don't know that we should focus on that though. Like my guess right now is that she jumped to that conclusion because she wouldn't be thinking anything supernatural. That's true. Right. That was like her just her best guess. That still could be a thing, but that's my guess right now is that has nothing to do with it. That's a red herring. Okay. If it ever Valid. comes worth investigating, uh, Caesar's dad has involvement in the weapons manufacturing complex, the military industrial complex. Uh, so he can certainly call in a favor to his dad uh, among the many fa- uh, favors he's asked him over his life, being born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Um, yeah. But can I we'll not clear yeah. that up? Call in an air, airstrike, please. <laughs> can I roll in a call check to see if in Roger's like very limited re- reading he's been doing, uh, while in uh, Puerto Rico, uh, if he came across any uh, occult monsters that fly and decapitate. Hmm. Sure. Very low chance of me in this, but... Oh! Oh! 26 over 24. Oh, oh, because you didn't roll high enough on your level up. If you had rolled a little higher, you could have had that. And this isn't like Cthulhu. I can't spend something to give myself points, right? Not to my knowledge. Oh, I could be wrong. Oh, I'd rather just have failed by a ton. I'm going to do the same thing, though. I'm gonna yeah, so will I. Oh, 15 under 60. Ooh. Gavin doesn't get it. Hmm. Uh, Jordy, yeah, I mean, phew. You've read a, a lot of crazy stuff in your time. Um, yeah, I... Hmm. Nothing specific. Nothing specific, uh, certainly. But uh, certainly n- not something that would you could eliminate from consideration. Uh, that you may be dealing with a flying creature. You know what I mean? If that is where your head's at, your cult would tell you uh, pretty confidently that that's not a, a dead end. You know what I mean? You might very well be dealing with a flying creature particularly if you put it together with uh, Magdalena's video uh, yeah there's a, a certain blurriness there but you, you take the video or the, the interference there but you take the video and the uh, the search of the crime scene below uh, and it looks like there's just no evidence that anything was on the ground you know so whatever it is you're not None of you are off base to be thinking it could be aerial in nature. And if it's a creature, it's possible the creature could fly and creatures could do anything. Uh, and let's not forget, we still have the house. I mean, this was a totally yeah. different scenario where someone yeah. was... So, you know, I was just kind of letting you guys talk it all out. But um, at, a, at a certain point, what's going to happen is Santorini is going to have a couple people there uh, that are assistants, sort of, that are going to help to just, like, get the body down. Um, but now that Gregson has had a chance to look at it and to take her notes and see that there's really not much change from the other crime scenes, and Santorini got his sample... Um, 
they're going to take the body and move it to the medical examiner's office. And Gregson tells you that it's her intent to go to the other crime scene. So if you wanted to go with her, you, you could do that. Uh, and at this point, it's probably four o'clock, four fifteen in the morning, something like that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, so you hop in the car and, uh, you guys, she, t- she tells you where to meet her. And as you start driving, uh, go ahead and go to roll 20. Um, oh, you know what? I don't think I have this set up properly. Oh, I don't. Uh, geez. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, if you go to roll 20 and look at your Glen Ridge map, uh, which, uh, was <laughs> given to you by Detective Gregson, um, she is going to tell you where to go. Uh, she'll mark it on your map. Uh, I, I have not marked it here, but the original one that she gave you that detailed where the Moretti house was, the Moretti office, where the body was found, uh, where the high school was, where Hotfin was found behind the high school, all that kind of stuff. Uh, on that map, she points you uh, toward a location that is uh, the what is supposedly the house of the victim, uh, if the victim is who we think it is. Uh, and... If you look at the map, the, you see Peconic Park and where the Hotvin body was. If you look to the lower right, all the way to the lowest street you can see in the bottom right corner on like a little bit of a peninsula mm-hmm. uh, near the bottom of the map, that's where she points you to. Oh. So you're going to drive all the way down to the very edge of town, which is right at the marina, basically. Oh, uh, and there it. is yeah, secret <laughs> boat. The marina. <laughs> Do they own a boat? <laughs> where and where was the body? Uh, the, the body was at the intersection of State Highway 31 and Grand Avenue on the northeastern uh, part of the intersection. I think this is also like adding to the solidified idea that it flies because how is it getting? I guess we'll have to. Okay, now we know the time. I explained this in the car. I explained the videotape to everybody. I say I'm pretty sure this is the time that the body was placed. Um, but there's interference, so we can't know for sure. But if that's the case, then we need to know what time the kidnapping was to then see how fast this thing can get place to place, because this is a pretty far distance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, last question, though. Everything seems, up until we get to this peninsula, to be off of easily accessible from State Highway 31. I've seen how all the robberies that happened nearby where I lived happened, like, right where you could hop right off the hob- highway. They would, like, rob people at the gas station and then just get on 75. Um, is there... is is there anything along State Highway 31 that's associated with crimes or Northrop Grumman or anything suspicious like that that people would go along? Just thinking no. about how. Okay. No, nothing that pops out at you. Um, it's a pretty routine highway for transport out to the North Fork of Long Island. If you know you're, it's a smaller highway. It's Got a it. state highway. You know what I mean? It's not an interstate, so it's not as large, but it's, it's sort of like the road that you would get off. Like you get off of 495 <laughs> and mm-hmm. on to 31 and then ride 31 for a while out. And there's lights along the way and all that kind of stuff. It's a highway, it's all, but there's they, still they have these roads like out through uh, the Cape Cod and everything. You wouldn't know it as a highway unless you pass by like the sign every once in a while saying what it was. Right. It just looks like a road. Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of like that. It just looks like a road, but it is larger than what you see in town, particularly 
particularly these smaller streets as you get farther away. Now, as you get down to this far southern peninsula at the marina where you're told this house is, um, you you see that like these roads are they're small. They're it's like a it would be tough to like pull off a crime and just like drive out of here to the highway real fast, like you were saying, Grant. It's like that's a good uh, an, um, assumption is that like you wouldn't have like bandits that are just like dipping in off the highway and jumping right back on to escape quickly uh, where you're going here you're you're down a bunch of 25 mile an hour roads for a mm-hmm. while uh, mm-hmm. to get down there so you get down to this house um, that sits right on the edge of the bay uh, or of the uh, sound there and um, or I'm sorry the bay Peconic Bay and uh, yeah you, you get to this house you see an officer outside and Gregson waves you in with her what do you want to do uh, she's just going to start looking around and she's assuming you're going to start looking around again I, I don't want to keep harping on this uh, I mean I haven't harped on it at all but the reason I'm not saying it is because it's just annoying to me let's just be very clear like she's talking to you about the delicacy of the crime scene she is trusting you to handle it well she's making sure you're all wearing rubber gloves you know what I mean like it's assumed that as representatives of the FBI you know how to walk around a crime scene without ruining it so I don't just want to go through all the procedures with you every time but you get the gist it's a crime scene it's a sensitive situation as I understand get, I have to use pens to pick things up. Yes, That's right. <laughs> yes, you must use pens to pick uh, things up, uh, and you have I'm, to put a little uh, little tissue paper thingy around your sh- uh, shoes. You have to wear little booties. And I have I, to take off my sunglasses every time I think of a clever thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, don't forget that. <laughs> uh, are the parents there, or is it just the mom? Um, yes, the mother is there when you arrive. She was injured oh, she's, in the attack, oh. right? Mm-hmm. No, she wasn't hurt. She's just catatonic, right? Yep. So when you come in, you can see that there is a... <laughs> Let me handle this. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 From airplane? <laughs> shake, slap, shake, slap. <laughs> when you come in, uh, you see that there is a woman uh, sitting in the living room on her couch you see that next to her is uh, a young man who is not in police garb uh, who is speaking with her quietly she is just looking straight ahead what do you do so normal social listeners at home Joe did did a catatonic person for us for a good 20 seconds. <laughs> Thought somebody might blankly. say something. I just stayed in character. Uh, you all stare at her catatonically as she stares. <laughs> We're trying um, to relate to her on her level. But normal social skills, you know, it would beg to reason that would not work on someone who's catatonic. So I'm kind of scratching my head as to what skills might work to get through to her. I mean, psychology maybe, but I don't have that. Who's the Did, guy she's talking? Psychotherapy. Ask Dr. Detective Gregson who the guy she's talking to is. Uh, yeah, she, uh, she says Detective Gregson to him. Uh, he stands up a little nervously, uh, introduces himself as John Walker. Says that he is with uh, the Suffolk County Regional Hospital 
and that uh, he was called over by the police uh, who called the psychiatric unit and they, they will send somebody when they have like a, a traumatic uh, scene and uh, a witness is uh, in bad shape uh, experiencing some sort of mental uh, disorder or issue uh, they will come and, and uh, try to be on hand because the patrol police aren't necessarily trained for all levels of that and so uh, they the police tried to deal with her first and then he, he was brought in so she would understand that immediately by him saying who he was and where he was uh, coming from um, and uh, he says that he's just been trying to speak with her but she has as such been unresponsive hmm. man um, Magdalena yeah. yeah Magdalena's gonna step away and start to do a perimeter check and just look at what they've already I'm assuming like the crime scene tape is up they've labeled they've put markers out I want to know where the the potential break-in happened and, and scope that out. Yeah, there's an officer there and he's just like, second floor. It's upstairs. Girls' bedroom's oh. upstairs. Second Ooh. floor, baby. Yeah, we'll go up there. Yeah. Okay. Roger walks in and just sits on the girl's bed. There's <laughs> oh, stuffed animal God. nearby. <laughs> no, Magdalena pulls your collar. Pulls oh, your collar God. back before you touch anything. <laughs> I have rubber gloves on my ass. <laughs> Tucked into your, your butt pockets. Uh, like a weird Howie Mandel routine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. You get up to the second floor and um, you step around, you step in, and you see this is pretty much an untouched crime scene. Nobody did anything. Nobody was here yet. There's nothing marked. They they went to the where the body was first, uh, and the detectives haven't been here yet. So Gregson is again very careful with telling you be careful what you step on. Don't move anything without talking to me. Um, but the police uh, department did send over uh, a photographer who's taking pictures of the area as you're walking around. You walk upstairs and you walk into what you presume is this uh, girl's bedroom and you see, you know, the, the typical uh, decor of a, a high school girl. Um, and you see that her bedroom had uh, double French doors that went out to a balcony that overlooked the marina. Mm. And the doors and the glass are shattered and broken in to the room. Uh, and you see blood on the bed. Um, How big is that? Like, so just, just the, you said the window, the windows and the walls or just the window? There's a, a French door that was glass and the doors are broke. The glass is broken and the doors are broken. Oh, so like, they didn't come from the window. They came from inside the house. No, no, no. They no, came they through they the French doors. From the balcony. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, balcony like from French the balcony doors, into sorry. the house. Okay. Um, immediately, I know the blood is there, and this is like obviously there's a bigger thing. I want to see if there's any substance like the clay, like not like a footprint, but roll a search. Wouldn't be a footprint if it flies. I Where do you want to look? I would assume like at the doors themselves. I'm I'm picturing it's coming off the body of whatever this thing is. So scraped against the glass, scraped against the door mm. frame. Yep. Uh, my search. Oh, no, I did a bad job. Uh, 68 over 40. Yeah, you're, look, you're examining the glass, the edges of the glass, uh, the shards on the floor. You don't see any blood. 
You don't see any gray matter. You just see uh, a smear of blood on the bed sheets. Who's with me? Come soon. Uh, yeah. Hey, go ahead and why didn't everybody go ahead and roll a search? I mean, if you're looking around the room, if everybody's looking around the room, just go ahead and roll <laughs> searches. Eighty over forty. Oh, double oh seven. Ooh. I rolled a sixty-nine under nice. over over twenty. Is that oh, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, first possible result. <laughs> you solved the crime. <laughs> was Doctor Santorini. <laughs> <laughs> um. You guys are all looking around. Uh, I'm sorry, don't let me cut you off, Sid. What were you saying to uh, Roger? Who no, was I was Magdalene? just going to say, I think you have more experience than I do in this. Do you see anything that's like out of the ordinary for a typical break-in? Everything with our unit is out of the ordinary. All right. Well, you failed your search, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> Roger's a big dude, right? He's he's, he's physically imposing. He's yeah. Uh, <laughs> is so short. <laughs> he, looking at the doorway, does it seem like uh, someone his size, like a big person, broke through, or does it seem like something even more impressive than Roger Comstone busted through? It's hard to tell. Uh, you would assume just based on you know your knowledge of these things that uh it was a probably a relatively simple breach in that you know these are not reinforced doors that are meant to withstand you know great pressure um it was anybody really probably could have burst through these if they wanted to now the fact that magdalena says that there's no blood on any of the glass or anything like that leads you to believe that it might it's probably not a person just like barreling their way through like a linebacker you probably it might be a a breaching tool of some kind or something was used to smash the doors open um you know, you don't see the the outline of a creature or anything like that. It's just right. like the door is kind of off its hinge and leaned in, and the glass is broken. It's it's hard to tell exactly what would have done it, um, okay. but it it is a clue that there is no blood uh, on on the glass, at least to some expe- uh, respect. Uh, Jordy is, uh, you know, trying to take a look around, and he just sort of slowly kneels down because uh, he he's getting old. Uh, he kneels down and goes to look uh, under the bed and he sees by the edge of the bedpost at the headboard of the bed between the post of the headboard and the wall you see a phone (laughs) an iPhone I take a I take my pen my crime pen (laughs) <laughs> and I sort of like wiggle it free. Is it, it on your character sheet? Does everybody have yep. a crime pen? I got my crime pen. <laughs> uh, okay, so you, you wiggle out this phone and you see that it is uh, an, an iPhone. Hey, look at this. And he kind of, with his gloved hand, he kind of picks it up and hands it over to Magdalene. It's like, I can never make sense of these things. <laughs> a phone? You don't know how phones work? No, no. I mean, like a payphone, you know. But this—they don't have those anymore, you know. Um, with her pen uh, and her gloved hand, she swipes it up to see if there's a lock on it. There is a lock on it. Um, she turns to everybody else. Uh, the photographer's there, right? Uh, yeah. 
Okay, she quietly turns to everybody else and says, I can crack this later. I can't do it here. So she's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. What did she like? What are the posters on the wall? Uh, there are no posters on the wall. It's just, it's just art where it's like framed artwork. Who the, who's the artist? Uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's, just, it's just all. What did she it's like? The, Fucking the kiss. modern <laughs> impressionist. Did, it's a starry did, uh, night. It's just a gigantic <laughs> starry night on the side. Uh, try like every, Mango. Every, uh, every <laughs> try, girl loves the kiss. Try three, four, three letters for van and four letters for go. Or ear. <laughs> try ear one. I'm not going to try year. any of that. What are her favorite authors? No, we can crack this the old-fashioned hey, Joe, way. Joe, who's on the bookshelf? What are her authors on the bookshelf? Yeah, okay. I, my books. Uh, I turned to the group. Roll a luck um, roll and see if there's any of Jordy's books on the bookshelf. <laughs> 006? Oh my god, you got to be kidding me. She Stop. also purchased Jordy books. Try Jordy. Try Jordy for the best. Pa- I'm going to go talk to her mom. Hey, does she have a favorite saying? <laughs> This is not. Uh, <laughs> Mom is kept. Hey, talking to you. What's her pet's name? Um, last time I checked, uh, this isn't an escape room where we're gonna decode her iPhone from the colors on the wall. So I'm wait, that's hold. not how you put, picture your password. <laughs> well, I'll try her birthday later. Would that make you happy? But she's a kid. It's gonna be something silly. Okay, I'll try sixty nine, sixty nine. We also have the phone unlocks. <gasps> it was literally sixty nine six. Give us some not. dirty stuff. How old is she? Joe, you're lying. <laughs> Are you lying? <laughs> yes, I'm lying. Damn it. Well, the other thing is that we have access to her body potentially at the examiner's office. So if your cracking fails, uh, we can I'll just use ID. her finger. Well, if it's Face ID 2019, it might have been a Face ID. Santorini's truck. Yeah, we can't use her face. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, and that's where the trail ran cold. (laughs) (laughs) Which iPhone was it? Did it do a decapitated neck ID yet? The tan and up. We'll just put a. Well, now the the new update, you will recognize you with a mask. We'll just put a mask over a photo of herself on top. There you go. There you go. That's. I was not even thinking. That's so funny. It was not a joke. That's awesome. Um, There's actually in IRL. There's a whole podcast about a real crime case where they wanted to use the dead person's finger to unlock the phone, and it was like a whole thing because that's highly illegal. Um, but it doesn't work because once you're dead, the electricity or whatever it is, uh, is out of your body. And Magdalena totally says this cause it's 2019 and this is a real world thing. Wow. Mm. I didn't so know that. I actually don't think that would work, but I can try to crack it. Well, we're going to have to hook her up to her car battery then. Hold on. <laughs> let, me get my, let me get my jumper cables. Santorini's going to love us. <laughs> Magdalena, a fan, a fan of podcasts? A big fan of, uh, oh wait. Yeah. Um, Gosh, there's one about tabletop RPGs. Um, Do you subscribe on Patreon? They're based out of Queens, I think. They're studios in Queens. Really funny. A um, lot of goofs and gaffs. Can't think of the name, though. Oh, well. Also a good story. Oh, yeah. Totally a good story. You get really invested in the characters, especially when they die. Like, one of them dies a lot. The, one of the dudes. His hey, when you uh, crack this girl's phone, have her subscribe on night. <laughs> and leave a five-star review. Leave a five-star review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most nothing. evolved way to get new subscribers. <laughs> There's ever nothing funnier 
Download our whole catalog. You're owned Do not for anything. We're <laughs> <laughs> so desperate for having fictional characters in our own game. Subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> if you like Delta Green, boy, would you love the other stuff in the GCN. Well, that's um, super meta. If you, do, I guess it'd be 2019. Like, if we hold on to that phone in a later adventure and then go back and listen to this episode on the phone. <laughs> Uh, uh, she pockets the phone she puts it in a plastic baggie but she like hides it on her person okay um you know february 20th 2019 that was uh you 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 just posted the audio from glass cannon live indianapolis what wow (laughs) Wow. we gotta get into this phone I gotta hear show one before I go to show two tonight. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, that's so funny! It is. It is oh. Friday. Is that what we were doing? That no, no. It's no, that's it's when we posted the audio. We had done the show. Mm. Artists, oh. right? Uh, all right. So you guys, um, that's all that you find of uh, evidential interest. Um, really. And the uh, the mother, uh, as you come back downstairs, is being led out of the house uh, by this young man uh, who says that he is uh, he gives you the information that he is going to be taking her to uh, Suffolk Regional and that uh, to the psychiatric wing there. And they're going to keep her for uh, observation. And maybe in a few hours she could snap out of it. You could speak with her Uh, right now. It's, you know, four forty five in the morning. 4.40 in the morning. Did, do they have, like, a, a ring security system or anything? Uh, do you see, like, cameras around the house? Mm. Uh, there are no cameras, but they did have an alarm system, which uh, they mentioned that the the um, dispatch had called in. Uh, oh. It was just based on the breaking through the door. It has set off an automatic alarm that uh, immediately called the police. Yeah, so any patrol ask- officer on the scene could go over those events with you again if you asked that the uh, that it's uh, ACH has an automated call system that if the, the door is breached, um, it will call the residents. And if there's no answer, there wasn't an answer. It will uh, in an automated call the uh, police station and re- leave a recorded message that just says the address and that there is a possible break-in. They immediately sent a cruiser, and that's when they saw the literally broke broken-in doors and found the catatonic uh, mother. Sandra is her name, by the way. What does she do for um, work? Do we know the mother. Yeah. Um, you don't know. Nor and does uh, Detective Gregson. Is there a father in the picture, or uh, you don't know? Nor does Detective Gregson. Can Can we go over just that? that so you could talk to like the neighbor, for example. Could we just go over the initial um, call that went out from the alarm system? What time that went out? Mm. Mm, yeah, yeah, you could go over that, and the call went out at ten o one p.m. Ten o one. Okay. Ten o one. That's automated. So that's when the. And then when was the body found? Ten forty one. Well, the body so was found. The body was found at like or, midnight. No. Yeah, sorry, the camera Mid- got glitchy at, at four- 1041. 40 minutes later. And how long did it take us to drive here at a normal pace? Uh, it talk- took you like 15 minutes, maybe. Okay, so it could have been driven. Um, huh. It's like a really long time, though. Something 
Mm-hmm. We should we should talk to the neighbors. If like something smashed through yeah. this, these yeah. doors, maybe least, they heard something. Certainly, the neighbor fa- whose uh, house faces where uh, whose house is closest to where the girl's bedroom was. Mm-hmm. Well, the the bedroom, the French doors look out over the water. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah, there is no house over there. Okay, we can we'll go, let's let's go next. Let's go next door into the other next door. A couple of us go to one neighbor, and a couple of us go to the other. There we go. Uh, okay, so you guys, you guys canvas uh, the neighborhood. Um, the most valuable uh, evidence that you get uh, is from the immediate next door neighbor. Uh, his name is John uh, as well, um, and he uh, proceeds to tell you that his uh, that her name is Sandra. Her daughter's name is Lauren. And that there is no father in the picture. Uh, their father died about a year ago to lung cancer. Decapitated. Um, Worst they ever seen. Yeah, it's just a <laughs> terrible, terrible coincidence. Um, he also says sort of, you know, just uh, uh, sadly that uh, Sandra had not been herself for the better part of a year. Uh, and that she was in... Uh, in he knew that she was dealing with some uh, pretty severe depression and anxiety since the loss of her husband. And that, um, you know, he said that the daughter, you know, Lauren seemed to be in good spirits and uh, that she seemed to be a, a bright kid and uh, well liked at school. She would have friends over and stuff like that. Uh, she goes to the high school, to uh, Glen Ridge High School. And um, that. Uh, yeah, but uh, but that Sandra seemed uh, really out of sorts, and perhaps you know the shock of this horrible event, uh, her daughter being taken away um, and missing or whatever, might have caused her to push over the edge into some sort of psychiatric uh, catatonia. So there is a link now, and it could just be a small town link that is just totally not worth it, but. She went to Glen Ridge High School. Vanessa was the librarian there. And then there's also, we didn't check. Uh, I don't think it's this route, but uh, were either of them patients of Dr. Moretti? Probably in the small I think town. we asked about the teacher being a patient of Moretti, but yeah, it, was he a pediatric dentist, I wonder? Yeah, I mean, by the time you're... Was she 16? 17? Working 18? theory. The dentist implanted some sort of exploding device in one of their teeth. Mm-hmm. Mm. And their head and exploded. Him, and their head exploded. Himself? And he and put it in himself? He was his he next it. test subject. Exactly. <laughs> Backfired. <Okay>. Exactly. <laughs> Matthew says. We'll see you next week. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that is, that's pretty much all the information that you get uh, canvassing the neighborhood. The, the neighbor did hear the smash. Um and a scream, but other than that, you know that's pretty much it. And w- within minutes, uh, you know he was sort of like, "What's going on?" And he came out within minutes. There was a patrol car there. And no prints and then, outside, underneath the window, like somebody climbed up to the balcony. Uh, roll a search check. Oh, but I mean, it kind of depends on what your search is. Like, isn't it forty? Yeah, yeah, you got to roll. Yeah, I got a hundred. <laughs> yeah, oh. no, no evidence there. Double oh four, double oh three on the search. Oh, oh man, my God! Oh. Uh, you see no clear evidence of uh, like 
muddy footsteps or you know something climbing up the outside or someone climbing up the outside flying creature or flying something but no one heard like a helicopter or a or like a whirly bird nothing like that it's got to be some flying creature that's obsessed with brains um that's all you're going to get there so the the next steps are you have the phone you have uh the autopsy um that's happening at three o'clock the next day. So that's a while away, uh, really. Uh, and you know that the witness who is currently catatonic is being taken to a psychiatric hospital where, uh, perhaps she'll come out of it, but you got to give it some time. You don't know exactly how long we, um, we can, we just like leave our, leave some sort of contact info with the psychiatrist that likes to call us right away. If anything happens. Sure. Speaks or remembers anything. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. We can retroactively say you you did that. Um. Well, I mean, I guess let's. Can we? Can we pursue the phone leads? Yeah. Get into the phone. Yeah, I think Magdalena would like to uh, try to crack it, um, hook it up to her computer, and like run her program. Yeah. So you you run your uh, your sword program uh, to crack through these uh, 2019 iPhone firewalls uh, and you succeed uh, at getting into the phone um, and one of the first things that you find or that pops up uh, if you want to go to roll 20 is uh, the last um, text conversation uh, that she had uh, it seems to have been with a, a person named Madison mm-hmm. um and I will show it to you now. Oh, this always freaks me out so much. She's got AT&T. <laughs> <laughs> Two bars. Very typical. This is legit. <laughs> <laughs> By the marina? Yep, mm-hmm. definitely. Oh, wow. Uh, so Okay, so this was the night. This was like right before. It's in the morning, 927 a.m. No, ignore no. that. No. Ignore that. No, it's uh, I can't. it's a little before ten. It's like nine forty-four p.m. Yep. Yeah. So, and if the break-in happened at ten, all right, so oh, talk well, about what it says. What's the victim's name? The victim's Lauren. name is Lauren. Lauren. Okay, so Lauren Shit. said, "Did he text you or anything?" Oh wait, no, that's, no, Madison. that's Madison. Okay, so Madison says, "Did he text you or anything?" Lauren responds, "No, nothing." Then Madison says, "That's good, right?" And then Lauren says, "Yeah." But we have this lab tomorrow, and now it's going to be super awkward. And then she responds with the crying, emo- crying, laughing emoji. Hmm. Hmm. Who? The dentist. Who are they talking to? Me as a as a female, this reads like somebody that she was talking to, or like somebody liked her, mm-hmm. and maybe they didn't text her and it's good they didn't text her because it would have been awkward but now they have to see each other tomorrow mm-hmm. so this kind of reads like some sort of flirty awkward thing with somebody else at let's the find lab Madison. yeah let's find Madison let's shake find her Madison. down yeah it, it's she said uh, lab so it's possibly Dr. Santorini <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. You know what? Keep all options in mind, and we'll see you next time.
Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon.